0: Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I think I'm well. Let me check my technical call info.
1: Mm. <laughs> is that how you tell your, your current state in life? <laughs> what is my technical <laughs> call info like? Oh. I'm not losing any packets, so <laughs> kindly
0: pause for five to eleven seconds while I monitor technical call info.
1: Thanks for doing this at such short notice.
0: Technical call info. Zero <laughs> percent packet loss. <laughs> I'm getting a small amount of risk of packet loss.
1: Yeah, the risk of is a real problem. <sighs> man, 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 man. And Matthew wanted me to uh, send send him, send you, not him, you are him, He's super special thank you for, for jumping in today.
0: He, need, he needs to give it a rest. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, it's, it's cute to a point, but don't you think he pushes it a little bit? He,
1: he over-Britishes his, himself. I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's farcical.
1: He is a farcical.
0: No, really, rather. I realize I've already sent you 17 messages tonight in thanks for your various things. <laughs> rather, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't lay my head upon a pillow without just taking one last opportunity to say thank you very much for this extremely trivial item. An amount of time almost infinitesimal, in its length, width, and breadth.
1: It's a very good De-
0: impression. <laughs> this day, gently his condition. <laughs> you know, I miss St. Crispin's Day again. I miss it. I, I've got it on my calendar and everything, and I still miss it. 25th of October. I still miss it. What was it? St. Crispin's Day, the feast of St. Crispin's. It's lost on me. Oh man, you're God! I, I thought you guys had to go to school and stuff.
1: Nah, they're actually changing that though. They're changing the legal age. So you have to be in school until you're 18 now, like mandatory. <laughs> and what's the drinking age? Uh, 18. Isn't that clever? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> this will only take a moment. Just, just a few things quickly to review. <laughs> uh, you, you have to stay in the room for another month, and when you leave, you may drink.
1: That's odd. That's
0: no. That's that's good. But you but they should teach you Henry
1: V. Though. You can ha- you can have sex at 16, though. So with anybody? Apparently inclusive all inclusive
0: and that's re- regardless of peerage or race <laughs> that's not about race <laughs> it's never about race <laughs> oh my gosh you know it's this is the thing it's the you know what we're not gonna i, I don't want to make your show all about the differences but it, it is still the more it's, it's fractal i michael the more i learn about your crazy island the more i realize it's just close enough to make me feel like a crazy person I mean the cultural the cultural things, you know?
1: i I thought you were talking about the volcano island.
0: <sighs> I'm I'm uh, I listen to every episode of this program because I like to keep up with what's happening in the various ecosystems. Mm-hmm. But uh boy, you guys have uh you guys have got some dangerous things going on. It's
1: it's a whole thing.
0: <laughs> you guys have got you you've got you've got a whole universe going on. I don't want to, you know, go outside the book here, but my goodness me. I can barely keep up. Now who did that diagram of the of the volcano? Who did, who did that uh was that a, was that a built-to-purpose diagram or is that just a conceptual piece?
1: All of our artwork is created by Volcano Art Director David Young.
0: My goodness, the posters are really stirring.
1: The the movie poster is potentially one of the greatest things that's ever happened to my life.
0: Um I have not talked to John Roderick about this because um, it hasn't come up, and it's not the kind of thing. You know how it is. There's certain things in relationships where you don't want to bring it up because you just you don't kind of want to know how it's going to turn out. But I, I would like to think that in a notional post-apocalyptic or perhaps pre-apoc, mezzo-apocalyptic world, I would like to think that Supertrain and Volcano can still get along.
1: Well, we have a Supertrain port. Built <laughs> oh, in, really? Built into the volcano, just in case. And you can run multiple monitors off that. You can never be too. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should be permissive in what you accept and um, throw everyone else in a volcano. I think that was uh, Blaise Pascal said that. We That's the thing you learn about in school, Mike.
1: Do we just throw everyone in?
0: You could skip most of the other plays, but you could at least go see the movie of Henry V. Will you do that for me? I can try. It's really good. There's a couple really good ones. The, I would suggest the, the easiest one to digest, of course, is uh, the Kenneth Branagh. You'll know him from Thor. Yes. He, and he also, he's also director of other films.
1: I'm familiar with the Braha. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> do they actually understand each other in scotland they 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 there's not just they're not just fronting right they actually do understand what one another are saying right uh,
1: apparently yeah i think so
0: do you ever struggle with it
1: yes my 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 younger brother goes to university and, and lives in the city of glasgow um where the accent is at points unintelligible right um, there, there is a there, are, like many Scottish accents, there is a, a very fine line in Glasgow between delightful sounding accent and I honestly don't know what you're saying anymore. <laughs> is it like the United? I mean, my my gut has always been
0: that I don't know. It, it, I wonder if it's like the United States, where if you meet somebody from Atlanta, or you know, you meet somebody from you know, Charlton, like you'll, Charleston, (laughs) Charlton, that's not a city. Uh, If you meet somebody from one of the major cities in the American South, they will have a lovely regional accent that you can understand. But sometimes people from a little further off the highway, it's very, is it like that? Is it people from the country in Scotland? Is it harder to understand? Are there regional regional accents?
1: Yeah, there are, which is interesting. I've never um, parlayed with anybody from, uh, the the countryside, the Scottish countryside, the Moors. Um, mm. But I know people that like, so I know people that live in Edinburgh or grew up in Edinburgh. I know people from Glasgow. I know people from like Aberdeen. And they all have slightly different sounding accents. Um, so it's like, it's a whole country up there, Merlin. It's a whole... Is it really, country, is it really yeah. officially a country? Yeah, Like
0: a Commonwealth or something? Well, so... You know what? We, I think we went over this once. It, it, I, you, you gave me a wonderful overview of what all the different words mean, and I still didn't understand it.
1: They're trying He's, to be more of a country.
0: I bet that I bet that annoys a lot of people.
1: I like that it's called devolution. Hmm. That's what the term's called because it kind of makes it sound like they're going backwards. That's what they came up with. Yeah. To pull away from England, you are just pretty much devolving. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> You're going back in time. Good luck, guys. And then they, all, yeah. <laughs> they go back to like mining and stonework and stuff. Okay, so you've seen Hot Fuzz? Of co- yes, of course I've seen Hot Fuzz.
0: Okay, don't, don't get me started on those movies
1: because I'm kind of having a little thing with
0: those movies right now.
1: As you well should.
0: Mm, my goodness. The scene when Angel and everybody, they go to interview. <laughs> they go to interview the guy who, as it turns out, has all the guns and the sea, the depth charge at his farm. Yep. And there's the scene where, what is it? Angel's talking to Nick Frost. Nick Frost is talking to the one unintelligible guy. And then the yeah. other, that un- unintelligible guy is able to speak to the farmer. And they have to translate twice. Yes. What, what, what kind of accent is that? Uh, made up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's always funny to hear uh, somebody doing your your country's accent. Yeah, like as great as John, the great John Cleese. Like, still, when he does an American accent, sometimes it, it's real. It's funny to think that that's what we sound like. like oh, yeah, somebody, I love I love hearing from Chicago. I love hearing
1: know? British accents. Like the incredible impression you did of Matt. Like they. <laughs> <laughs> what was that closest to? Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It it is it is lovely, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, except that it it is different, you know. And I'm American, so I'm not obligated to understand other people. That's it's right there on the uh, on the paper, but but um, no, it's 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 a lovely accent, and it does really it it does it, it, it has a kind of built in status to it. When people speak yeah. to you in an English accent, I think you take them more seriously.
1: Well, you know, I believe that all of my success is derived from the fact that I'm a British man in an American person's world. Mm. And you're taller than you seem, too. I am. I'm did you know planet. that? I'm like a frost giant. Mm. No spoilers. I look quite short on, in the Avatar, but in real life... Do you read, do you read uh, Young Avengers? I haven't been reading many comics recently. I just mm. haven't had the time. It's, it's, been, uh-huh. it's, been a, it's been a real point of personal pain for me. I did read uh, All of Hawkeye, though, recently, which um, I enjoyed immensely. That's eh, fine. You don't really like that one, do you? I'm kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> done, <laughs> done with that. Did you enjoy it? I, I absolutely adored it. Like, well,
0: let me, I mean, like, as, the, as one, of the, one of the many extremely annoying fans of MetFractions Hawkeye, I have to ask you, though, was it up to the buzz? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it was, actually. Um, I was very um, taken aback when the art changed. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they'd have another artist, I was like, oh, no, what's happening? And then I, I was very confused. I didn't really know what was going on. It was, it was, that was difficult considering I was on an airplane. So, when I was reading it, so, you know, as you say, rightly so, I was a lot more vulnerable to these things. Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't
0: scurry onto the internet to find out why you're confused. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, I was like, f- like, I had them all in comicsology. So, I was like, closing them and checking, like, in three issues times, like, oh, all is restored. It's okay again. Because um, the art, the art, like the the, the like the purple and the, and just the fraction art in general, is so stunning mm-hmm. um, that when it changed and it, I don't know some of some of the art I didn't really like I, I can't remember I it's think definitely video- j- it's
0: definitely jarring yeah but the three of those guys work so well together so did the the writer's Matt Fraction the um you know illustrator the pencil guy I guess is um and and I think anchor is uh, David Aha and then Hollingsworth is the name of the colorist and uh if you got did you get so you read on comiXology right Uh uh-huh if you get the uh the trade um next time you're in a store just look at it in the back of the i think second trade there's a nice feature that shows you what hollingsworth's pages look like with just the colors on it and you really you really get a sense of um you know genius is an overused word but um how how canny they are about using the minimalist style uh, David Aha has, and yet very, I think very expressive, extremely expressive, um, minimalist style, but also then what the colors bring to that with the you know, relatively limited palette they choose, but then how much tonality there is to it. It's, it's made me really, I gotta tell you, it's funny, in, in the whatever you're gonna have two years of getting back into comics, it's only relatively recently that I, I've mentally separated the colorist, the coloring part from the drawing and inking part. And when you go go back and you know, I follow a bunch of tumblers that post you know co- comic pages, and you see a penciled version, and then an inked version, and then the color version. I, and I, I, you really develop an appreciation for what those different roles are, especially the inker. It's very subtle, but there's, um, who the person who does that work is is having a lot of direction about like what, you know, what the, I don't know, just what it looks like. What what how what, what the action looks like anyway. So you read it though. That's good.
1: Yeah, I did. And it's one of those ones where I will wait, wait a little while, and then I'll I'll jump back in and read what I've you know what I've missed. I want to get one of those read... new new Retina iPad Minis. Oh, I'd love to hear about that. I want to because I love that that the iPad Mini, and I think that in Retina comics are going to look so good on that.
0: Oh uh, yeah, we should circle back to that as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, the so did you make it up to you made it to 11 at least right
1: yeah yeah i yeah. i've read all that there there was up to like a couple of weeks ago
0: and and i got without any spoilers i'll just say keep going because the latest one is even like we we so I should mention we did an episode of the incomparable podcast on five by five about Hawkeye where we talked about a lot of this stuff and it's full of spoilers so if you don't know anything about this I would avoid it for now but you know we talked to uh, to your point specifically about how jarring it is when you first see uh, whatever that is epi- uh series uh, issue maybe four or so when the when the different guy comes in and Kate looks a lot more like a cartoon character <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, you'll, I think Jason Snell talked about this in particular. How it, it is, um, how you hear people saying, "Well, the first five or six were you know, like really good, but I wasn't that into it for the next few." And it's like, have you really read all the way through to eleven or twelve? Because I think you really re appreciate, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten mm-hmm. once you've made it through, and you go, "Oh, I see what was going on there." I got so used to this being you know, wonderfully single-issue, funny comic books about this character, these characters. And then when it takes that turn and you say, hmm, I'm not really sure what's going on with this clown guy. That's kind of weird. But it, it's, it, it, you know, I think it'll continue to be rewarding for you. If you enjoy it so far, I think you'll continue to enjoy it.
1: It's interesting how it drifts backwards and forwards through time. Like there's no, there's no li- linear time through the comic and then it's like, so you read an entire issue. And I was like, I didn't understand what happened there. And then it's the next issue <laughs> where you realize what happened in the previous one. I like that. And I think that's why it's maybe, like, I don't know. I, I didn't read them as they were, like, coming out. But that's why I quite liked reading them in a block because it helped my understanding of the book.
0: I totally agree. And it's it's kind of why I was wanted to ask that question about whether it lives up to the buzz. Because I still think it's worth telling people about for people who are a little bit... You know, not into comics or a little sour on some of the stuff that I find so vexing personally about the Marvel world. It, it still stands as something you really, you really need to read if if you if you like a good comic book. But it, um, it's I think also part of the reason that that buzz got so big was you you pick it up and you go, wow, Hawkeye, this is wild. Like from the very first issue, you love this human being he's he's such a human being he's a fully formed <laughs> screwed up human and he's freaking hawkeye like who cares but the the very thing that makes him such an uninteresting avenger is precisely what goes into making him such an interesting person you know um but then i think the reason that the buzz becomes so thundering for at least from my point of view is when you, if and when you do go back and reread some of those ones starting with um i haven't read it recently but i think number 6 especially uh, is I think where it gets really good the one where um you know he's playing cards with his with the three girls
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you, if you read through 6 through 11 through again i think you really read it carefully it's a, you won't believe how much you didn't catch the first time around it's at least in my case and with the other co-host on the incomparable it was the same thing like i didn't even realize that these things were happening at the same time because now again unlike a lot of comics Fraction is not going out of his way. He's not even—he's not even barely trying to tell you like what the chronology is, except for maybe something. You know, there's that one—the the crazy one with um, trying to set up his laser disc, where you get a, a hint for what time something is happening. But I, I think I think Fraction has a, and Aha uh-huh, have a lot of trust in the readers that they will look at this carefully and put the pieces together and understand that there's a really big story here. It's told in these little small things, but it is kind of a—it's a bigger story than you would imagine. It's a lot more than just trying to buy a building from the Russian mafia.
1: It's not like a superhero superhero comic in any way, really, and that's no. why I think people that might, maybe don't even really like comics might enjoy it because it's just like a fun story.
0: Yeah, totally. We were we were talking about that. We watched the um, the Avengers is one of those movies that's pretty easy sell in our house. Uh-huh. You know, she, my daughter wants to watch Milan too. I wanna watch X-Men First Class. We have to find something in between. And you know, the the Avengers, it's really long, and we tend to skip the middle part where they're bickering, even though it's got some great parts. But we watch the beginning, we watch the end. And I was just saying to my wife, though, this is this is this is what's what makes the Hawkeye comic that she has not read so great, is you watch this Hawkeye, and (laughs) there's one scene where you know everybody's out there and the Hulk is like tearing apart shatari and jumping over buildings, and Tony's taking, you know, an atomic weapon into a portal. And there's one scene where Hawkeye's on the corner of a building on this like cornice thing. And one of the Chitari's climbing up and he shoots him point blank with an arrow in the face from like a foot away. <laughs> like, wow, that's great. <laughs> you, better, you better hope they're all that easy to get, you know. But, but the beautiful part is this is the, the Hawkeye comic is – and I'll shut up after this. The Hawkeye comic is not about him being this kind of the loser of the Avengers. It's about him going – it's about him walking into his apartment covered with bandages when he gets home. Because he is easily injurable, and he's always tired, and he's always something's always screwed up, and he's always got something human and mundane that he has to deal with, just like all of
1: us. So you look nice today. Hey, hey, it's back. Well, 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 it's it's as much back as it has gone away. <laughs> so sad, but so good.
0: Thank you. We released uh, a new episode the other night as we record this. And, uh, you know, we should probably get some kind of a communications director because I I thought we communicated clearly, but time mitigated against us. We kind of announced a while back that we were going to do one more show. But it was so long ago that we announced that that people understandably thought there wasn't going to be another show. So, you know, Adam's busy, Adam and his staff. And Adam and his his staff, and mainly Adam, put together this two-part final episode. So, yep, that's the first part. Of the last episode.
1: I'm glad that there is another one because I thought it might have been like a funny joke joke part one, but there ain't, there's not another part. It was just like.
0: That's just the kind of thing that we would do. Which is
1: why I expected it. Um, (laughs) I was just like part one, but yet there's never a part two. So recently, so sometimes I run out of podcasts to listen to. I do too. It's frustrating. And I, I loved listening to podcasts. They are my favorite medium of entertainment. And I have been listening to You Look Nice Today from the beginning again.
0: <gasps> you went you went back deep into the archives.
1: I've gone deep into the stack. The, um, I'm taking the bottom rung of the meat stack. Mm. And I'm listening through again. And uh, it is as delightful as ever. And there are some... I, I like... Because it it's old. When did it start? Like two thousand and early, like.
0: Um, let me check. I want to say, maybe uh, two thousand eight. I think my daughter was already born. You know, when you become a parent, you—that's your kind of your measuring stick for everything. You I you' still um, doing
1: Mac Break Weekly. When, oh, absolutely! When yeah. So that it was, was a very, like very popular program I was on. Two, two ages ago. Let me see. Can you believe you, we used to do that every week? It does surprise me. Like, Wait, no,
0: I'm sorry, were you a listener back in the day?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was um, 2008, I think. Yeah, 2008 was the first episode. Uh, yeah, that MacBreak Weekly was where uh, I got in touch with my Merlin side, I think. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that that that's my Merlin genesis. I so. was a
0: very frustrating character on that show, I think. I don't I think know. I think I was on a different show. That was the problem.
1: <laughs> Not always. I mean, I think towards towards the end maybe but not yeah yeah you know like y- y- you can do you can do the punditry you d- you did it with Jim a couple of weeks ago
0: yeah uh i it's a it's not a marquee feature for me today but it's something i still really enjoy i go on um Mac, um, God, it's all this Mac stuff. Mac power users with Dave and Katie. I'll, I'll go on once a year. That's as often as Katie can handle me um, to do like a workflow episode, and I love it. I mean, I could talk for six hours. I I think about and do. I do stuff. I'm doing stuff with my Mac right now. I mean, like, I do stuff with my Mac all the time. I really love, by and large, love the Apple platform. But I'm not primarily in it because I like computers. That's that's I don't. That might sound like a silly obvious thing, but I don't think computers are interesting. I really, really don't.
1: That's and interesting. I've never
0: found computers on their own interesting. So as soon as people I adore and people whose podcasts I listen to literally every week, as soon as they start going into Haswell chips, my eyes just glaze over. Because <laughs> I understand that will have an impact uh, at some point. It's just that I, I could give a flying fig about like what the timetables and clock speeds. and I'm not trying to be reductive, but that's just not for me. And, <clears throat> and I think part of MacBreak Weekly... You know, from time to time, you know, vary in kind of focus, but it was always, in some ways, a headlines show. And so we were kind of, if something happened and Apple released something, we were obligated to talk about those things. And I, and I feel like I, I got famous for being the one with the rat holes and the derails. But I would just yeah, always yeah. want to talk about like how you how you use it, like what are you what are you going to do with that, like, and then that would turn back into Alex talking about who's going to have the oxygen sucked out of their vertical and stuff like that.
1: So you still like these days. It's all about how you use devices for you. Like, is that your? Is that sort of still your thing? Like, is that what you you're interested in most about computing de- computing devices?
0: Um, <clears throat> that's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. I mean, part of it is, and, and let me just say, I love the guys on that show. I'm, I'm, I'm being silly. But, I mean, I really, especially when I came back after being away for a while, I thought Alex had really come into his game on there. I thought he was really good. He seemed more focused uh, than he'd been before. And I thought he I thought it was really good. And Leo's, you know, just been the best to me. Um, but I guess you know, if, you, if, if, if we put it as these two poles where there's technology as a thing over here, where there are things like ecosystems and clock speeds. And then over here, there's this question of like, so how does that change what I do? Uh, of those two poles, I'm definitely over in the direction of, you know, how how you use it over sort of what it is, when it's coming out, how much it will cost, and then what that means for Android. Because um, I don't, I mean, it's so difficult to express the opinion of null. It's There's no way to say... I, I don't have anything to say about that. Because if you say something about it, then you've said something about it. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't have an opinion about Android. I don't I, – it's 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 almost like I wish there was a – I wish there were a better word than atheism. Because atheism has come to mean – atheism in the sense of the word means that, you know, you're not a theist. You're, you don't believe in God. But today, it, it represents a kind of advocacy. And, you know, it's – it's like the way my wife was raised in her house they i guess yeah sure we're atheists whatever but we also don't believe in potted plants or we don't worship stofer's dinners like it's not material it's it's not that i'm against it or for it or anything it's just it's not germane in that domain of my life which makes me feel like an outcast sometimes because i really like this macbook air that i'm using i really like i got a 5s and i really like it um, parts of it but you know i have to say the exception to that I'm not sure if I'm asking your question, but it's listening to John Syracuse, who to this day, I think John Syracuse is such a model because he doesn't have a dog in the fight. As much as you might think, like he's interested in these Apple things, John just knows a lot of facts about the world and synthesizes them quicker than almost anybody. And that's what makes him great. It's John doesn't say whether he thinks he's right or not. John says what's true. And then if it's something where there's some dispute over whether it's true – as we learned in that wonderful episode of the talk show about gaming devices, he will make a very compelling and case for why things are the way they are or that things are the way they are. And I kind of wish there were more of that. I feel like more and more in the, in the world of punditry in general, it really feels like everybody, so many people are in identifiable camps where their main interest has become about a brand rather than about you know, any of the actual relevant stuff for, for how we take photos of our kids or make a song. So how are there's you- not. There's not. You don't. You don't hear like, except for places like. I guess I don't, I don't listen to mini Mac podcasts, but like for example, I just listened to almost two hours of David and Katie talking about Mavericks, and I thought it was really good. I learned a lot of stuff I didn't know. I listened to the MacWorld podcast recently about like what tips in, in, in Mavericks. That stuff like that's really useful to me. But I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going on. Computers, eh? Um, you know, it's kind of like nerd baseball. It's, you know, you pick a side and you, you you got your fantasy league and you really hope it goes your way and you cherry-pick evidence that shows that everything's... And it's like, I just... it's just It just seems like... I, I get why people do it. I've got really weird obsessions I wouldn't begin to expect anybody to understand. But, um, I don't know. It's... It doesn't... I mean, I th- when I think about it in terms of the podcasts that I listen to, I've said this so many times, but, you know, the podcasts I listen to are governed... Uh, almost completely by who's on. So, I mean, there will be some episodes of shows I, I don't... Like, for example, I listen to every episode of Alec Baldwin's podcast, even though he's obviously a lunatic, because he's 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 an interesting character, and the people he talks to are interesting. I listen to X Null tech podcast, a lot of which is a little crazy-making sometimes, but I really like to hear what they have to say. So, to me, though, that becomes a thing about people. That's not about computers. I like hearing what John Syracuse has to say about something because he has something interesting to say about reality in the world. It isn't just a soap opera about personal preferences. That that is so tedious to me. There's nothing there's no element of like personality or anything fantastic to it. There's nothing fictive about it. It's all just this this I don't know, this weird cobbled together cardboard box fort of preferences that I just find exhausting. You didn't really ask me that, did you?
1: I I have other things I can ask you, but I probably should tell people about some stuff that I like. I'd enjoy that. That's probably a good idea at this time. I'll let you know
0: if I think it's a good product or not, or if it fits my Apple Camp.
1: <laughs> I, I think that's a euphemism. Uh. This this episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Squarespace, who are the all-in-one platform. <laughs> there we go. They make <laughs> they are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website. Online portfolio, maybe you want to make a blog or a store online or a site for your business, they do it all. For a free trial and ten percent off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Tallyho11. That's tallyho Eleven. That's T A Double L Y H O and the number's one one. So I think that, you know, if you listen to podcasts that either myself or Mr. Man are on, you know that we love Squarespace. And some of the reasons that we love Squarespace is because they make it really, really easy for you to just quickly set up an account, and you can choose a beautiful template, an award-winning beautiful template that feature responsive web design right out of the box and you've got a website that's it and then let's say that you want to make it and craft the website, make it your own, make it your home you can very easily using their WYSIWYG page building tools you can drag and drop elements into the page, little blocks that they call them, you can create your own pages Maybe you want to change fonts, and you want to see how they're going to look in real time in your browser. Well, you can do all of that. You can tweak the colors of your site. You can change the widths, the sidebars, and the content views by dragging and dropping some sliders. Let's say you want to throw some images on your website, where well, you can drag and drop them from your desktop to your web browser. I love Squarespace and things like that, because I wouldn't know how to do any of that. I didn't make websites in the early 2000s, or in the late 2000s, or anything like that. So Squarespace gives me all the tools that I need to create a beautiful looking website every time. They also have a fantastic support team. They have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week support team who are there. They have over 70 employees dedicated to customer support to make sure that you're going to get any help that you need. You can easily connect Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, and many more web and social services. So you can push your content out to those services, but also bring some content in. Maybe you want to set up a gallery of your Instagram pictures where you can do all of that really easily. It's all built in. So Squarespace have also recently added e-commerce to their platform. So if you want to set up a shop and sell physical or digital goods, you can do that in just a few minutes. There's so much more I could tell you, but I think the best way that you can learn what Squarespace has to offer you when you're looking at building your next web project is to go and sign up for a free trial. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, but you can get that free trial by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, with Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code TALLYHO10. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase. It also helps show your support for Bionic and all of 5x5. Thanks so much to Squarespace for their support and for giving you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Ding! Ding,
0: and uh, did you see their uh, blog post about the new analytics stuff?
1: I saw it in Twitter, but I've not read it yet, but I'll make sure it goes uh-huh. in the show notes today.
0: Yeah, I, I actually I follow their blog, and it's it's amazing as a fan and user of Squarespace how much stuff they're always adding, like actual you know um, user facing features, let alone all the down and dirty stuff. Yeah, but they've they've recently updated not just the way analytics are presented, but the way that they're tracked. So I mean, some of some of the features that you would normally get from something like Google Analytics is getting closer now in Squarespace, which is. I think it's great. I think it goes right to their core competency, which is taking all this stuff that you could get in a million other places, but having a, a really tight version of it that is already built in. You don't need to update, you don't need to fiddle. It's, it's a terrific service.
1: Squarespace. Squarespace. You made some songs for them once.
0: I did. I did. I made some songs with many, 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 many singings.
1: So as a listener of this show, you will have noticed that I've been trying to make a song for our movie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Confidential at Best, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if how this comes across, but we do actually have a 29-page screenplay that has been written. Like, oh. I don't know if people think that that's a joke. Like, we have had that. Joe Steele, which sounds like a joke name, but he's an actual listener, he... Has He has written a 29-page screenplay, which I have horrifically not yet read. Um, I'm waiting for sort of the right mood to strike me because I feel like... I, I've read uh, two pages of it that he sent initially, and they were incredible, um, and I have another 27 to go now. It's a, He has crafted a beautiful and elaborate world. And I am trying to petition Matt to allow me to get a cast together, and record it. Uh, so, because I think, really, that, that we're on something big. I mean...
0: Oh, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, it's... You know, first of all, he's, he's pretty busy, and I, I bet you could get a lot past him at this point.
1: That's true, actually. He might not even notice. So, he's, pretty, he's pretty alert
0: for an entrepreneur, but having said that, I, I think he's got a lot of balls in the air, or English balls in the air. I think you could probably, for something that's that important... You know, I think he'll overlook it if he sees that that wave of interest in in seeing that this this could bring this very important work to market. I don't think he's going to stand in the way.
1: Do you think people have noticed that Matt's not on this episode?
0: No. Okay.
1: I don't think people know. I well, you've got the little
0: (laughs) hang the thing at the beginning, so I guess people will know what the show is. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm sometimes I uh, I had a funny uh, off. Just off topic this morning, like I, 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 I use Instacast and I'm usually in my downloaded episodes playlist. And for some reason, whenever all the new podcasts are done, it starts playing something very old. And it's usually the, the exact same thing that I then pause. And then, and for some reason, it keeps playing this one You Look Nice Today episode. So, like, like I don't, I'm sometimes not aware when, when a show goes from one thing to another. I don't know if you, you know, you, now you've got listeners that are, they're, they're pretty bright folks, I'm sure. Yeah. If they know what's good for them, you know, they'll, uh, now let me ask you this. Are you going to do this? now? for example, a lot of folks may not know turns out, for example, Jesus Christ Superstar, it started as an album and then became a musical. Sir Andrew originally did it, I believe as an album Hmm. and then it became a musical. So is this something where, and I don't want to get too far up into your process. But uh is, is this something you're doing a, as a treatment? Is this going to be like a Kickstarter? You, you want to put out like a radio version of this? I know this is not radio, but um what do you call it? It's internet broadcasting.
1: Yeah, I, I'd I'd figured I'd just hijack a whole episode and just make I, it an episode.
0: I uh I think it's a terrific idea. If you don't invite me, I'll be kind of bummed.
1: Oh, you will definitely be cast a role. I'll um, be
0: I'll, I will I will bring I will do whatever it takes. I'll grow a beard, such as I can. I'll, I'll paste on a beard. Whatever it, I know, it's I know it's radio, even though it's not radio. Whatever it takes, i want this to succeed. I mean, I just, I've seen what happens with Supertrain. I know, I know what is in store for people. Things and,
1: just take off like this. It's fun. Well, it's fun for now. And then, and then it, pretty it, soon, then there's a claw
0: gets. destroying your house and turning it into a, something in a slurry. But um, I'm there. Did, uh, can you share with people a little bit about the the story? Is it you? Gonna, are you keeping that under your hat for now?
1: Uh, because I've not read it. Um, mm. I, I I kinda have to. I mean the, the opening the opening scene, sort of the uh the, the, the pre credit scene if you will. There's a there's a car chase um after an exchange of uh salami, I think, at a restaurant. Isn't it <laughs> euphemism? Uh and there's motorbikes and, and Matt is there and I think there's he's being chased by rollerbladed people, obviously, because that's, <laughs> that's that's Matt's new special secret skill. Like, he actually has the VHS and I really, really want to see a digitized version. And I know that there are people that are buying it, but nobody will show it to me.
0: I mean, is he, like, in it a lot? I mean, is is does he just, like, you know, fall off a curb or is he actually, he, he's a featured player. It's his friend who's the star. Yeah, what's he's in the
1: start and the end.
0: The Blades, what's it called? Uh, wheels. wheels. Wheels and Inline Story. <laughs>
1: Wheels going. (laughs) The more, what I love about working with Matt is there is more and more in his life that happens. Uh, And the more and more I learn about him, the more and more his life doesn't possibly seem to be real. But it all is. He's like, we were sitting at breakfast during XOXO time. And this was when he he first mentioned the fact that one, he was a rollerblader as a kid (laughs) to the point where he was actually like really good at it and then mentioned that he was in a a movie and I was like, whatever. I love you, Matt, but you weren't in a rollerblading movie. And then it comes up that he actually was in a rollerblading movie.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, there's so much stuff in Matt's life that we're only really just seeing glimpses, but it all feels like, uh, so much of Matt's life sounds like a cover story for somebody who's in witness protection. (laughs) And they were in a hurry. All right, all right, you're, uh, obviously, you got thin bones. Uh, You were uh, in line skating. What? Yes, you You're uh, you're in a movie.
1: It doesn't add up. He is an He's an extremely interesting character who provides me of an unending source of entertainment. Yeah. Witness protection. It's, it's important to have this. I just sent you a link hmm.
0: to um, a movie from 1986 called... Are you aware of the movie called Rollerblade?
1: No, I can't believe how I'm not aware of it looking at these images.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like pro wrestling. Um, it's I don't know. It's like the the Wicker Man meets the shopping center. I don't know. It's got you got like these kind of gothic looking nun people, and it's kind of sexy, and it looks kind of like a music video, and uh, they roller skate around.
1: This actually I, does look like something that Matt would dream of. <laughs> <laughs> this is like totally in in his way Well, you got enough homework
0: as it is. You got you have to read a screenplay. You've got to watch Henry V. Fifth. You've got to reread Hawkeye. I don't want to give you any more homework, but. I, I don't even know rollerblade. That uh, you know what I am gonna you know and write that down. I'll put that on. Check the Roku tonight. I wonder if rollerblade is out there. It's from nineteen eighty six. I remember seeing it in college, and I was really high.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that this movie would actually do that to you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you just you just start off, and everything's okay, and and then you know, you are seeing like fluffy elephants in the corner and stuff.
0: Yes. Well, you know, the other thing about Matt is, it's in some ways it reminds me a little bit of John Roderick. Where honestly, um, we do this podcast called Roderick on the Line, and every week I'm staggered. Pretty much, pretty much every week I'm staggered by something, some story that John has. That's that's probably not made up. Like I, 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 I still can't believe the stuff that he has done, and and that he still somehow remembers.
1: Your your show has taken a really interesting turn yes now that, now that John is running for political office, I'm listening like I am enjoying the show as much as I always was, but it's it's changed, it's like it's John's talking about the mayor (laughs) and the the mayor like a couple of weeks before he was like punching out a guy who wouldn't let him in backstage in a party at a rock (laughs) concert and now he's like so I was talking to the mayor and the mayor was telling me this and and this is the inner workings of the Seattle political regime it's very he's such an interesting character He, he he is and I I don't I don't think
0: about this really except in a moment like this but it seems like we'll go through like these sort of phases and one phase fairly recently is johnson i don't know. just been talking about his life mm-hmm. in this way that i would never heard him talk about his life before in the whatever 10 years i've known him um and yeah and now somehow in the course of three weeks it went from he supports the current mayor in in tomorrow's election to he's being courted in his mind uh to be on the city council where he will um uh, this first order of business will be to have zip lines installed in Seattle.
1: And I feel like I can I feel what you are going through where you're like, "Oh my god, John, if you're being serious about this, you need to stop saying these things." <laughs> like <laughs> when you what was what was the episode? Was it like if it was the first one, where it was like move on. What were you saying? Like there was a line keep
0: moving and get out of the way.
1: No, 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 there was that, that he was whenever he was sitting in like a room during a, a discussion oh, oh like leave leave it where is it Um no, never... leave it yeah john john um redacts
0: nothing and uh but he's an eminently redactable character but part of his charm is that uh you know like he says he tries on ideas like jackets you know but uh, i think matt is like that in the sense yes. that i don't i don't know how far down that goes it's matt's all the way down i don't, I don't know where I don't know. I, I think there could probably be some dark materials in there. That's all I'm saying.
1: Basically it just, this show, it got to the point where, Oh, Blackberry have just emailed me telling me that BBM is now available on Android and iPhone. It's like, they know I'm recording this show. we got to talk about that. That ecosystem yeah. is, we should talk definitely... about Blackberry in a minute actually, but it, basically what Matt calls the boring bionic, which was the show that I wanted to make, which was just about ecosystems. Uh, it was just getting to the point where I I just couldn't stop him anymore, like and, you know the 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 joke of the no no Matt no no mm-hmm. was originally very serious. Me asking and basically begging him to stop talking about sexy cruises before <laughs> the sponsor breaks, uh, and and then it just got to the point where I was like, look, I I might as well just go with this. And since then, I mean, the show has just been a success. We get complaints, as you can imagine. You know, there are people like, why don't you talk about Android anymore? Or like, you know, people email Dan and they're like, this show is bringing down the network, which I'm kind of proud about. Every but show is bringing down the network. That's why they're there. <laughs> Comics bring down the network.
0: Uh, I like both day. shows. I mean, I, th- I think I started listening as you and I got to be better pals. Um, I was discovering the, I think, check here. 35 podcasts that you do, yeah. and uh, I was sort of picking and choosing ones to listen to. You've got one about pens. You've got one about pen holders. You've got one about pen holder cleaners. You've got one about pen holder uh, cleaner
1: uh, service agencies. That's all in the I, pen stable of shows, <laughs> of which I, which was acquired by Dan Benjamin. Bringing uh. the network down.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I started listening to this, and, uh, yeah, as I've said before, the United Queen, Queendom episode was one that I really feel like you guys started to, to turn a, a really – uh, weird corner blind corner but no i, I you know the thing is though no, I, I enjoy your discussion I, I miss it a little bit I, I like the um i i like the fact that um to just to go back to my own pointless rant from a while ago uh, you know it was it was refreshing to hear somebody and we talked about this when Matt was on back to work but the idea of being a mac fan like a Mac user and maybe even a Mac enthusiast, but somebody who's also still interested in what else is going on out there.
1: Like Matt is a lot more open about how he feels about that stuff than me. Like, you know, sometimes I have to remind him that he isn't like insulting friends when he goes (laughs) off. But like I... As I'm sure a lot of people, you know, not everyone because there are a bunch of people that still do it, I I f- kind of find some of some of the Apple based stuff quite sickening. Like the 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 way that people report about Apple. A, a lot of the blogs as well, like Apple blogs who will pander to Apple to hopefully get a seat at the mythical round table, you know?
0: Like it's, It does feel like that sometimes. I, I would never be the one to say that,
1: but I'm starting to think that that might be true. And what it is, right, because if you are one of – if you get that invite, right, that, that very few – like if you look at how many Apple blogs there are and how many people get that invite, it's like the tiniest, tiniest sliver of anything. And mm-hmm. if you can get that, because it is ever-changing. You know, blogs fall away because they dared to steal a phone. Um, and others, you know, come into the light because they are favourable. Then, you know, well, that, that's just that's just poor behaviour, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that's, that was that's, that's, that was, was that was crummy. That, that was crummy ridiculous. Yeah. But then you get like, you know, there's people saying now that apparently, like, The Verge gets invited but doesn't get a device to take away. A Macworld doesn't, so Macworld gets to go to the events, but they don't get the devices to take away. So there's like this weird. It's like. It's, I imagine it's like a, like a satanic ritual of some kind like maybe the choosing of the Pope or something I don't think the choosing of the Pope is satanic I just want to make yeah. I'm putting a line between those two things I don't need more it's, email it's never about Satanism no it's never never, not once about Satanism
0: like you know well, they, my, they well, throw listen, names in what Mike in is saying is that regardless of how many people in the Vatican or who work in the Roman Catholic Church regardless of how many of those people are let's be honest inevitably outed as Satanists mm-hmm. it is not in any way to say that that is a basic temple of the catholic faith i don't exactly. think you're saying
1: that at all i am not saying that at all like no. not even the smallest bit even
0: inside of a religion with, with so many strange rituals as a part of literally every every weekly service mike is not saying that that has anything to do with the occult
1: so blackberry uh, have you seen what happened today to blackberry
0: yes i heard you on the news and i saw it on the google news that I I inadvisably glanced at. Yes, it sounds like they've got... It sounds like they got their next round of... I want to use the phrase bridge funding. That used to be a code word (laughs) back in the day for, like, we're barely alive. Well, that's what it is, (laughs) is it? Well, their stay-alive money was a contingent upon getting rid of the head dude.
1: It seems like it. Like, you mentioned the news, which I do every day on 5 by 5 and there are certain stories which I seem to... Talk about every week with a slight twist on them. It's like every week for the past two months, there's been another story about funding that BlackBerry is going to receive from another party. Fairfax was one of the ones that was apparently going to buy them, which is this consortium of people. But now they've put a billion dollars in, and what they seem like they've asked for is a total reorganization of the management team. So, their CEO Thorsten Hines, which is such a great name mm-hmm. for evil doing. So he is actually going to be employed by Volcano. We're working on that deal now. Um, <laughs> Whether he likes it or not. Well, yeah. Nobody like chooses to work for Volcano. They just they just do. Um, when you get the red letter, you show up. We, we just scoop them up in the helicopter, and we and we bring them over. We just drop them in, and they you know they take a position. Um, That's like that's both figuratively and and literally, and Mm. uh, so yeah, and so now he's out, and they've got an interim CEO from this like company that was bought by SAP, which I don't even know what SAP is SAP, which is a thing that I see people talk about, like a big software consulting service consultancy. Wikipedia is telling me that SAP AG is a German multinational software corporation that makes enterprise software to manage business operations and customer relations. That sounds so evil. Like That is what we could say Volcano did. It's like SAP is a company that does business stuff with other businesses.
0: Yeah, it's enterprise software and solutions.
1: Solutions for an enterprise corporate management structure of which the world will uh, one day perish under.
0: But they bring in somebody from the outside that these is it somebody those Fairfax people wanted to see in there is that the gist This is what it looks like
1: like the, the apparently this guy I saw that Tim Stevens of the CNET say that this guy was apparently really smart and did some amazing stuff and then the, his company got bought by SAP and, or SAP it's probably SAP right it's probably not like tree sap
0: no I think it's s a p yeah so but yeah it's it's, it's, guys it's hard to under it's i mean like i'm I'm so far an outsider on these things it's hard to to understand um you know what a successful outcome looks like, but it's got to be tough for a company like that that's based on enterprise sales i mean they're their their company's not going to make a lot of money if they get a kiosk at the mall they they really need to be selling very very large amounts of stuff to people and i'm just i'm not i guess i don't know i guess I'm just not sure what 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 is the there for for blackberry right now I think is it that is it still the handsets cuz it seems like people kind of got okay with the uh non-blackberry devices uh, within the last couple of years that, that happened like it felt like overnight it went from you i have to have my blackberry because of the keyboard to wasn't that wasn't i mean wasn't the yeah. bbm and the keyboard wasn't that kind of the two big things for blackberry
1: yeah but now they have the the blessing of slow moving corporations right that's what's kind of keeping them in business So you've got these massive, massive companies of which I work for one, you know, in my day Mm -hmm. job. Like a massive multinational. And we're on BlackBerry. But, I mean, I'm sure that companies, these massive companies, are looking at what's happening and are now looking for solutions to move away. So that's what will eventually kill them. But it's going to take a little while because these companies move so slowly Mm -hmm. because they're so large. You know, And imagine a company... Of this size, like millions of not millions, thousands and hundreds of thousands of employees around the world, right? Like all of the big companies that use BlackBerry are like this. They have to find another system to move on to. So just changing that over is going to take a lot of time. But if I was like a CTO of a big corp- com- like corporation, I wouldn't hedge my bets on sticking with BlackBerry. And that's what I think will eventually kill them. Is all of these companies will start looking away, and there's this whole like um, B Y D O stuff, which is bring your own device. And there are a lot of companies that are setting I up. I bet it. I bet
0: IT departments hate that. Yeah, I mean, because that must be that must be a nightmare to administer. I mean, between Sarbanes Oxley and security security, it just it must be a nightmare to try and get compliance. Uh, that's up to the standards. So, a lot like, of
1: companies that that use that that have stringent security and use the BYDO stuff, you will use an application to get to your email. Like you wouldn't put your corporate email through the Apple Mail. You would mm-hmm. have to open the company application, which will have twenty-five layers of security that you have to enter, um, and then you would get to your email. That's how that stuff works.
0: Right. <laughs> Well my exposure to enterprise software is uh, i'm happy to say very very limited but um it's it's i don't know i've had my my viewpoint into that i have to say again i i don't know anything about this stuff of any consequence but i've worked on uh i've done project management on uh, user experience projects for very, very large applications. Uh, so I got to see a little bit of that and what it's like to try and get different business, business units working together on yeah. anything. I mean, even with the nicest, smartest people in the world and the best technology, it's just very, very hard to run a company. I, I, I mean, the one that sticks out in my mind, as a, just as a side note, was this project for a very large company doing a single sign-on for their intranet. Mm. And it was one of the most... It was so amazing to watch. Because if you say to anybody in the world... Um, okay, we have this project over the next two years we're gonna have single sign-on for the internet And anybody in the you know anybody who's not familiar with that stuff will go are you kidding me It's gonna take you it's gonna take you like how could it possibly take you more than a month to have single sign-on for the internet like you just make a page you put these fields on it right and, and certainly that certainly makes sense. That part of it is not the hard part. The hard part is like where is all that data stored uh, you know the examples of you know things like the, is the information for what time the company picnic is on Friday or Saturday, is, does that have the same timeout as your incredibly sensitive health records or your 401k? That's all in different silos. It's, it's surprisingly difficult to do something even as seemingly simple as single sign-on. So I got a lot of respect for people in enterprise anything when I saw that because I realized that it's not just that people are stupid. It's just that that's a like really complicated series of businesses that have to work together. But, you know, my other personal viewpoint into this was when I, I bought some licensed, some enterprise software to use for a CRM for a year. <laughs> and uh, I, I walked away with it with a very strong feeling that people mainly buy this because it doesn't break. They, they don't buy this because it's great. They don't buy it. They, they buy it. I mean, I, you know, I think you could say to, to Microsoft's credit or ill for years, their stuff was easy to buy and difficult to stop using. And to me, that's the, the heart of enterprise software or enterprise any, anything is that you want something that is very e- as easy as possible to administer, that's robust, that doesn't break. If you're outsourcing this to another group, you want it to be something that's broad enough to cover all the needs of all of these people and be administerable within your resources and, and so forth. So that's why, to me, I don't really quite understand where BlackBerry is going because isn't their main value proposition that they – like you, everybody in your company is going to get one of these. This just this one, not one, but a series of contracts that are going to cover all of this stuff. We have; they probably have an interface for dealing with the the billing on all of this, and you can provision these phones within these rules. And isn't that kind of their main deal? It isn't. Yep. Like I say, it's not like having a kiosk at the mall. Their value proposition is we help solve that giant company problem of dealing with all of these different little devices across these thousands and thousands of people. If you don't buy it for thousands of people, it's not
1: really that valuable. And this is where I am sure Microsoft is rolling in now, like the shining white knight. So, like, hey guys, we've been doing this stuff for you for years. Well, we have these. You, you may have now. heard of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we just provide all of your software. You know, all of your <laughs> computers run on our platform. They're just going to roll in and take it all. In my opinion, they they will go into a lot of these big companies because I'm sure that you know bring your own device is still a long way away for most companies. Um and it would and I feel like those sort of decisions would be naturally made, not forcibly made. You know, like I don't think any company would be forced into a system like that. Like if BlackBerry fails and like, okay, everyone brings their own computers now. Like it will it will be to the point where I just think Microsoft will will roll in, say, look, you know we do Exchange. We can set up Exchange. We can put Outlook on your desktops. We can give you Windows Phone. You've got Mm -hmm. Outlook Mail there. We can guarantee it's all safe and secure. Then I would not be surprised to start seeing keyboard, Windows, phones, and then, yeah, job's done. Who would make those, do you think? I think if they can't get HTC to do it, then they would do it themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause that's that's where they seem to be going now I mean it seems sensible for Microsoft to, to do that, not necessarily the keyboard thing but to just to roll into all the companies where BlackBerry's being used and just say well we'll we'll help you
0: or maybe I'm dumb but it seems like a no brainer for Google, or at least for the Google of a few years ago that was more interested in that business stuff they don't seem as interested in that as they were at one point back when it was hard to tell what Google was focusing on uh, you know Used to be, you could buy a big server to like run Google inside your own place. They, you know, but I mean, it. Gosh, that really seems like a natural fit for Google in some ways, just because they can offer so many different handsets. I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything. Like I say, I don't know anything about this stuff. But I'm very sympathetic to somebody whose job it is to run an IT department or do IS, and and have to. I mean, you know, ha- having to deal with people bringing in their own handset. I just, I can't even imagine. And then having to... Here's the thing. It's like having to support it. It's one thing to say, you can come in here and use the wireless. And that's like an okay loophole versus like this is the device that you're going to use that, that we can know with confidence that all of our data has integrity and that we have the ability... I mean, I, and, you know, I... I <laughs> I'll just make it my continual refrain. I don't know a lot about Zorban Zogli uh, com- and compliance stuff, but I'm given to believe that's a pretty huge deal, data retention and stuff like that. And yep. What I do know is all of my friends who do want to use their own device also want to use their own apps. They, they were excited when BusyCal introduced Exchange support. They will, to the extent possible, try to figure out how to get something into the mail app on, on their iPhone. It's you know it's a it's the thin thin end of the wedge into something much bigger that I think is probably pretty harrowing to IT departments. Don't don't you think?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of those programs would have to be opt in, and then there would have to be some sort of devices still offered because what if somebody doesn't have one? Then what do you do? <laughs> like, right. what if like Marjorie, who works in accounting and has worked for the company for forty five years, she's now being told she needs to bring her own smartphone to work. And the only devices she knows how to use are the ones that work trained her on 20 years ago. You know, like she Right, knows. like can,
0: can she still use her Samsung flip phone from yeah, a few years ago? exactly.
1: Like yeah. my mother uses uh, Windows XP at her, at her workplace. But if I was to sit her down in front of a Windows machine anywhere outside of a workplace, she wouldn't know what to do. She's like, I click here and I click here and I click here to get to the thing that I need. Anything else and I have no idea what's going on. Very
0: interesting you know I, I don't think this is just an apple thing. I think it's an everybody thing, but you know it's um just as a consumer uh, of these items, you know it's it's it is perhaps telling that there are things outside of an Apple store and not outside of the windows you know stores or whatever. they have Windows stores, don't they? yeah, <laughs> don't they have Microsoft stores <laughs> but I mean it's think about this I mean think about like how excited you get to know. That there's going to be a new version of, like, for example, I noticed remote updated today on iPhone and it's a lot nicer. It's iOS 7, you know, looking. And I found it to be very, I just really quickly just, you know, noticed that it updated and hit it and it worked great. I'm excited about that because that's an app that I use and I've been looking forward to seeing some improvement in that application for quite a long time. But I mean, I wonder how many people really feel that way about the software and the devices that they use at work. I bet there are far more people who want to throw it out the window and get something different that suits their needs. But then extending that to like an IT department, I mean like you know, I I am more than happy to go out and buy a new version of an application on the app store because it's extremely personal on every level. It's like maybe it's a one person development shop. It's definitely me a one person user. I pay $1.99. I'm very happy to have this this yeah. new thing. Um, and and again, I just cannot stress that enough. That is a personal relationship, even though that person doesn't know who I am. That's, that is personal. I'm excited. I got to do that. I think, I think that is a laudable goal for any company, any enterprise, whatever it is you make to want to have, which is like people look forward to spending money on what you do. And without even knowing that many details about it, have a lot of trust, um, in your company to fulfill what your expectations are regardless of what those expectations are so make fun of apple all you want but that's something a lot of us dopes have about apple is that we trust their taste and by and large we trust their judgment i think when you get to the point now contrast that with how i feel about getting a bill from at&t and i just i, I don't i don't feel great about the money that i spend on at&t because they are really literally they're a conduit for me to be able to use my iphone it's it's a nuisance. I, I The people at AT&T, when you call them up for support and stuff, they're actually really nice. They have really good support people there. I don't like the company at all. I don't like their policies. I don't like the way that they re-up you for a new contract, even if you add a service that you spend more money on. I added tethering and extended my contract by two years accidentally. That kind of thing, or like, like cable companies. When you get to the point where people see you as something they have to put up with in order to do their work... You're not in nearly as good of a, of a position as somebody who's really looking forward to even accepting the risk of using this new product. Like think about like when iPhones came out and people were so excited. I mean, S- Scott Bourne had a freaking show about it before the iPhone even had a name. People were really excited. Yep. I'm not saying everybody can be Apple, but in the case of Blackberry, or I sometimes in my head I wonder a little bit about what's going on with Adobe. I don't know that many people that are that excited to buy a new copy of Photoshop. I'm not saying that cynically, it's just that that used to be an app where I remember I did so much of my work in Aldous Pagemaker, later Adobe, and in um i'm sorry yeah Aldus pagemaker and uh, and in freehand at one point, yeah, I'm not getting the names wrong, but freehand and Illustrator were constantly going back and forth in terms of features they were each each you know revision within a year you'd see a giant leap forward responding to what the other one had done, and it was this w- kind of war if you like. That made it great for us as consumers. I own both. I never didn't buy both because they both did things well. But I I look forward to that. And I look forward to the point when I got to go into my boss's office and beg for the money to buy a new copy of this. And I I just think that when you get, if, if you've gotten to the point where, you know, people put up with what you do because it doesn't break, is one thing. But when you get to the point where you can really legitimately introduce FUD about your ability to keep alive, I think that's when you're getting into trouble. Is there anybody out there right now that's signing up for BlackBerry stuff for the first time and feeling great about it? And if they are, who are they and why? That's my question about, about any of these companies, you know, when, when you see them going down like that, losing their market share. It's like, where are their new signups coming from and are those people really excited about it? And then if, if they aren't, how do you get them excited about it? Who are those people? I'm sorry, that took me 10 minutes, but that's my question about BlackBerry. It's my question about anybody like the day when i when when somebody besides comcast offers cable service in my area i'm there it's just that's what i've got they could charge me 10 times what they charge me and i wouldn't have any choice it's like what i have access to but i don't love them nope i don't feel i don't feel great about that you know and you know it's, it's, it's one way to s- separate yourself in a commodity market is to learn how to make – just putting words like Xfinity on things doesn't make me more excited about Comcast. It just shows me that they're kind of boneheads. God, God love you, Comcast. But anyway, so, so my question for you after 45 minutes, what is it that is going to make somebody excited about moving to BlackBerry from whatever for the first time in the next six months? What is the, thing, what is the device service, product service solution that they're going to offer that's going to get people excited who aren't there right now?
1: I don't think that they. I don't think that anybody will even bother to try, like, because it's not like all the things that people may have tried to do in the past to try and get companies to move away from BlackBerry. Now the only thing that they need to offer is to say we're still going to be in business in twelve months. Like I don't. Which is
0: is not a great sell for a company that's selling on scale and reliability.
1: Exactly. Like it's you know, if BlackBerry is not going to be around anymore, and you know, there's the other thing. It's just like you know. BlackBerry devices even their best devices are out of date before they even arrive now because they they sort of rested on their laurels for so long you know if you think that the Windows app marketplace is poor then you should look at what BlackBerry's app marketplace is like so you know yeah Google could could has those things but I don't I don't think that big companies would trust Google so that's why I think that Microsoft will, will will sort of just walk in and take it away, because they can just say, "Look, we've got nice devices, we have a a, a modern operating system, and we have a bunch of the you're key already, apps." You're already
0: using our computers and servers. Yeah,
1: you you know what it's like. It's going to be really easy to integrate everything together, and if there's one company you can trust, it's Microsoft.
0: So why haven't why haven't they done that yet?
1: Because they, everybody chose BlackBerry because they were the best thing to do, and as I, you know, I sort of mentioned these massive companies. If it's not broken right now, then they're not going to fix it because it takes so long to move stuff. But now it looks like it's going to break. they kind of forced into fixing it. like Because BlackBerry is, it has and does perform perfectly well for a company like, like mine or any of these big companies because they actually do email really well. Mm-hmm. Not just the devices, but just the way that everything's pushed and kept in sync and, and that sort of stuff. It works. And when you've been... When, you're, you, it's when BlackBerry has become so ingrained in your company's culture and its, its DNA, why would you, why would you change? Because all you're going to do is disrupt people in the way that they work and give somebody an excuse to say that they didn't get the email that Bob sent them two weeks ago. Oh, mm-hmm. it's because of this new device they gave me. This is going to cause aggravation. Plus, you have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to train your in with these new technologies.
0: Yeah, the support costs on every level would would have to go through the roof, and also just you know, um, you know, if you if you office culture, is this ever general, but office culture in general, it isn't like there's that many places outside of our little bubble where you come in and they the first thing they ask you is which chair you want, and then which desk do you want, and now which of these phone, what apps, what's your favorite graphics app? I I don't think in most large companies was it like that for you in your large financial company? Did you show up and they ask you which air on
1: you want? This is where you sit. This is your chair. You may leave here at six. <laughs> you don't have a computer or a phone yet. You have to make an uh, IT support request and you might get them in a week. Right. Thanks. So what do I do for the next seven days? Just do the learning, do the mandatory learning. Cool. Sounds good. Merlin, can I tell the people about something else that, that, that we love? Yes. Shutterstock.com. Oh boy, do we love shutterstock. Exactly. Do Sorry, we- I thought you were pausing. That's okay. <laughs> Do you want to do it again? I was, I was, I was, shutterstock.com.
0: Hey, hey, uh, hey! Uh, I'm Michael. Can you
1: uh, tell me about something you like? <laughs> I sure can. Yeah. Shutterstock.com. Woo! <laughs> oh, the woo-ding. <laughs> I love those guys. It's, where, your neck. it's where you're going to find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and one million video clips. So many millions of stuff. It's incredible. And that means whenever you go to Shutterstock.com to try and find an amazing, perfect, beautiful image for your website, maybe you've got an ad or a publication that you're working on, you're definitely going to find something new because not only do they have such a large, huge library, they are adding over 20,000 images every single day and 12,000 videos every single week. It's a truly global image collection that will allow you to find exactly what you're looking for. And they don't... Like, sort of pigeonhole you into a certain way of buying things. You can choose between image packs or monthly subscription packages if you have a business in which you're going to need a lot of this sort of uh, media, or you can just buy buy them a la carte. You can buy one at a time, two at a time, depending on whatever you need. They will just help fit them. Whatever your needs are, Shutterstock will help fit them because they're awesome like that. And it's more affordable than you think. They don't charge you extra for large files. So, let's say you need an image in. X resolution now, but then later you want to maybe blow it up and put it on a poster Well, you can just go back to Shutterstock and download that large image because it's yours. You can just take it. You can easily curate and share pictures via lightboxes so as you're searching around Shutterstock.com, you can find images and videos and stuff that you like, select them all, throw them into a lightbox, review them later, choose the ones that you like the most and then buy those ones. And you can also use that iPad app to do this as well. They have enhanced license access if you need it. They have a huge library of vectors, icons, and infographic templates, as well as just images and videos. They also have dedicated support reps and 24-hour support during the week. I want you to go and sign up for a free browser account by going to shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed. And when you find the images that you like, to get 25% off, um, use the offer code BIONIC1013 or 1113, one of those two, I'm not sure what one is currently in order yet, as the month has just changed. So either 1013 or 1113. Try them both. Actually, buy all of your images twice with both codes and just see what happens. Don't do that. That's shutterstock.com, bionic1013 or bionic1113, whenever you're listening to this show. Give it a go. One of them's going to work. I know that much. It's going to get you 25% off anything that you buy over at shutterstock.com. Thanks so much for their support of Bionic and all of 5 by 5 including Mr. Mellie Man's great shows, like Back to Work. Love them. Love those vectors. Or, if there's one thing in life I like, it's a good vector.
0: I'm telling you, man, it didn't used to be so easy to find a good vector. <laughs> white guy shaking hands, not a problem. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, their infographics and stuff and all the things that you can use to make, make slides that aren't just a picture of a big, smiling white person. Like, they have so much stuff. Go in and really use that iPad app, you guys. Go in and search. You will find some amazing stuff.
1: We love those guys. I like having sponsors.
0: Yeah, they're good sponsors.
1: It helps us make the
0: show. I mean, there'd be all these parts in the show where we just didn't say anything during the sponsor spot.
1: There would be like two minutes of silence. In like our case, every... 16 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> every. <laughs> you guys <laughs> I talk too long. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh the Enterprise. What are you going to do with the Enterprise? Uh, uh isn't like don't the Romulans get that or something? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't oh. really know about Star Trek. Me
0: neither. It's I know I know I know Kobayashi Maru and, and that's pretty much it.
1: I know the new movies. I like those. Um and you know, I tangentially knew who Kant was. Mm-hmm. Um spoilers. I, think, I, I totally fake it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I turn turn to, to my special lady and I'm like, oh, well, you know who that is, right? I have literally no idea what I'm talking about. but I forgot
0: Simon Pegg was in those movies until the other day.
1: That was what kind of, re- those those movies really helped him make him such a mega superstar. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, like, he had like the, he, because then once he was in Star Trek, I think he was in Mission Impossible and he's in Star Trek 2. Like, the guy is all over the place now, which is awesome.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Our uh, mutual friend Moises, who has connections in the industry, mm. um, I don't know how he managed this, but I'm very grateful to him. He got me um an advanced Blu-ray copy of yes, I, um, I saw this. Of the film of the world's end. And brother, is it ever fun? You are gonna love this. It's it's great because of course the film is just amazing. Yep. Um, the, the making of is fantastic. They've got, I mean, there's just so many great. They've got one feature that's just 15 minutes long called Signs and Omens. And it's just showing you stuff you probably didn't catch about that there was a sign or omen of something that was going to happen in the movie, which yeah. they do in all their movies. You know, you'll hear things. There's so many things where there'll be a line you don't think about twice until you realize, oh, that's actually
1: about that guy getting his head blown off, you
0: know, an hour from now. Really, really
1: enjoyable. So, I mean, I'm sure that you're incredibly excited for the Edgar Wright Ant-Man film?
0: Um, I guess I, now the thing is, yes, 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 yes. Although I got, you know, my friend Rob, Rob Corddry was, was uh I think it's too late now, he was really trying to socialize the idea that he should be the villain in that. Which I don't know what the villain would be, but I'm just saying, Rob Corddry is the leader, could be pretty great. He's got the head for it. But, um, I, I think that's probably too late now. I'm very excited about it just because I, uh, I think I've seen most of his movies now. I finally watched Scott Pilgrim a week or so ago. Oh, yeah? What did you think? I thought it was really good. I mean, I don't know the comic at all. Yeah, see. you, should- Are you a com- that, that, that comic, that's one of those ones that's oh. like the Watchmen or like Watchmen, right? It's where it's got like, it's, it's like really enthusiastic fans, right?
1: Uh, Scott Pilgrim is my favorite comic all the time. Huh? And it is it's black and white, right? Yeah, they've got color editions now that they're releasing. So abortions. I think they're I think they're up to. Oh.
0: They're up oh, to what but. do you need a three D Mona Lisa?
1: <laughs> I I love love Scott program. Like it's one of the things in my life. Like the you know, um, I'm trying to think what to say. Entertainment medium. Because, you know, the, the books in the movie, it's mm-hmm. just one of those things that I consider to be one of the most important things that I've read in my life. I just love I love oh. it. I just love it. I adore it. Um, and it was such a shame that the movie didn't do very well. It uh, didn't? No, it was, it was really poorly marketed. Like, to watch oh. the advertisements, commercials, I believe you, you may call them, um, it didn't make any sense what the film was about. Like it just didn't make any sense.
0: So yeah, that mostly them with disappointed nerds.
1: Yeah, well, because it would nobody went to see it. Oh, it's boy,
0: the production values are just off the charts. That yeah. guy, I just I have so much respect for that guy. This is this is um, like me in comics, right? Like I've just thrown myself into everything from space through the world's end uh, in the last few months. Uh you know th- thankfully I must say thanks to my my friends suggesting things like mm. I never I never even heard of spaced and then Dan Morin you know is is a big advocate for space and I I just I can't believe I never I can't believe I I I, I guess I watched Shaun of the Dead and it didn't like Hawkeye it, you really do have to watch those movies several times I think you're going to be surprised with the world's end unless you've been um have you been watching it
1: I've I've saw it in in the cinema when it came So you out. haven't
0: been uh, doing the Giant Chinese subtitles. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Okay, good. Good. Don't do that. But um it's boy, there are there's you can watch this movie so many times. And I think it's part of it comes out of obviously he's a kind of he's a very visual guy. He's a comic nerd. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those wonderful so for each one of the movies, um that you know, he he and Simon Pegg do together, they put out a, an interactive PDF you can download that has tons of like the whole script in it, plus lots of Edgar Wright's amazing drawings. Where, you know, if you ever wonder how he makes, how he's how he thinks about those train spotting looking like fast sequences, like you can see how he does it almost like a mind map on the page. Have you ever looked at those, Mike? I have, yeah.
1: Mike, Aren't they amazing? They're like, his, his style. It's so creative. <laughs> like his style is, a, he makes movies that are comic books. Like that's what he makes. His movies are comic books, the way that they are shot. Like just, right. it's like. Panel, panel, panel. Like and every, every, everything
0: in it is there for a reason. Yep.
1: I can also recommend, as long as I'm recommending my favorite podcast, There was
0: another episode of The Incomparable about the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy that okay. came out a few weeks ago that I thought was fantastic and spaced. They mentioned in brief. But um, if you've been enjoying Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, um, definitely go give that a listen. Um, I, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Like it's the kind of movie where you could watch and go, wow, that was really enjoyable. And what a great script and that was a fun twist but you know like the genre films that it is paying i won't say parodying paying tribute to i mean (laughs) because i obviously love cop movies Mm -hmm. you know um i I, you know let me tell you this like i went and i watched the wicker man again Uh, i haven't watched wicker man since college and i I, it must have been something subconscious from all this edgar wright stuff that made me want to watch it and the entire time i was watching wicker man all i could see was hot fuzz like the whole movie we went and stayed at this really disgusting motel in um, the eastern part of California a few weeks ago. And the entire time I was in the city for two and a half days, I felt like I was in Edgar Wright film. Everywhere I went, I felt like I was in one of Edgar Wright's little villages,
1: like in the the little village. What's it called? What's the, the model? The it? model village. Well, like the the yeah, that's so, so clever. But just the uh, the little bed and breakfast that he stays in in the village.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but every but the thing. The thing is, think about in all three of the movies, there's like a, there's it's always located in a very specific kind of little town, mm-hmm. where, that has lots of pubs in <laughs> it, usually, and where people in it where something is not quite adding up and yeah. with the populace, and that is so in my wheelhouse, Mike. Like, that's very that's much where like, I go.
1: <laughs> it's very much like lots of places in Britain. Like none of those places are out of sort of. They don't seem out of reaching for a real environment to be
0: it, it, kind of suspicious of outsiders, kind of feeling.
1: Yeah, especially the the little village ones, which are maybe more Hot Fuzz and The World's mm-hmm. End, and maybe more sort of small villages where Shine of the lived, Dead's like North London. Is it, yeah, right? it's, it's it's set in sort of like it could either be North or South London. It's just it's just like you know it's suburban uh, London. Yeah, it's it's part yeah it's part of suburban London, and then. I mean, sort of, the world's end kind of sits in the middle of both of them. And then the Hot, fu- uh, hot Fuzz is just like a village, just like a, t- a tiny village cut off from the rest of the world.
0: I didn't even realize that was Edward Woodward. I, I, I did, it did not occur to me that that was Edward Woodward of The Wicker Man and Equalizer in his final film role. And you know, boy, I'll tell you, if you want to hear the commentary, the commentary for Hot Fuzz, I made a crack about this on Twitter. Like, if my wife leaves me, I'm marrying the director's commentary from Hot Fuzz. It's so, so, so enjoyable. You're gonna dig. Um, you're gonna dig uh, the world's end. Did you enjoy the the film, The World's oh, End? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, it really got me. Uh, it really grabbed me. The ending is silly and stuff, but it's it really grabbed me. And there's just so much. Uh, uh, that was a spoiler horn. Yeah, it was good. Do you know? Did you know that the name of every pub has a bearing on the story?
1: Uh, I think I'd heard something like that, but I I. I, a lot of that stuff I kind of came into contact with after I saw the movie, so I need to see it again to be able to piece well, it I got Well,
0: I got it from reading and watching the commentary stuff, but I did not. I mean, I, I got some of the stuff, but like, for example, The Mermaid, where the school dance is going with the uh, marmalade sandwich in it. Mm-hmm. There's three girls on the sign for The Mermaid, a redhead with a blonde on either side. Sure. The crossed hands, where they have the altercation and the famous altercation in the bathroom, they cross hands with the blanks <laughs> when they're fighting them the uh, the trusty servant is the one where they meet Professor Green and he has to pick up the phone and talk to his boss oh, about so good. the network everyone obviously you get the world's end it's so obvious you know it's so obvious that you know yeah. and yet you don't really get it because it is actually <laughs>
1: Literally, the world's end. <laughs> see. This is this is what we're here, we're here makes, to get annihilated. Yes, you are actually here to get annihilated. <laughs> this is what makes his movies cult classics because they are intended in their creation to be infinitely watchable. So that's so they're kind of like surreptitiously made to be cult classics from the moment of which they're incept like sort of conceived like. That is what I love probably the most about about these movies is like the way that they are created. They are created in such a way that you need to watch them over and over again to even just become, begin to fully appreciate them. To fully
0: appreciate them, but here's here's the art, and this is again, I'll go back to Hawkeye on this one. It's it takes a real gift to be able to make something that, in the case of Hawkeye, you pick up on an issue of Hawkeye and you read it, and it is by and large, I think the the majority of the time it's it works it, they always work as single issues but in fact many of them are the equivalent of a one shot it's one story in one issue of the comic but unless you read more of them you won't get that that was really just kind of a chapter in something bigger that's going on i think it takes a real gift to make something where you don't have to watch it more than once to understand the plot and I mean, unless it's the point, unless it's one of those, you know, very contrived, twisty noir where, you know, you have to go. The whole idea is that like you got fooled, like you will go go back and watch The Sixth Sense again to figure out where you, you know, right. But in the case of something like like a Wright movie, it's it's to just, I guess, repeat what you're saying. It stands not only stands up to multiple viewings, but it continues to reward you. With multiple viewings, yeah, things that you'll just never catch. You'll never catch like there that there's twelve pubs in the World's End, and somewhere in the shot in every pub is the number of what pub you're in yep. on a, on a sign.
1: Yeah, I'd heard about that,
0: and but you know, I mean, that's
1: it's it gives you
0: a tremendous amount of confidence in in what person that person's doing, you know. There's um, also
1: like hidden stuff in the music as well that they use. I've I've heard like I don't have any examples, but like I'd see a right tweeting about. Yeah, make sure you look for the specific music cue and and say it's it's there's nothing
0: like when you said that that it's like a comic. I'm 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 often reluctant to say that about something because when to to an to an average person when you say something is like a comic book that means that it is a caricature that's very unrealistic and enjoyable at the cost of texture. I think when somebody says oh that was such a comic that was such a comic book movie or such a comic, whatever. And you know what I mean? When you use it, that, that phrase, I think people take that to mean that it's reductive and for simple people. And, and when you say it's like a comic book, I, what I hear is, yeah, every single thing, he drew everything in there. You know? and, and again, on that Incomparable podcast, they talk about this in, so, in some detail, you know, just how he composes his shots. It's, there's, everything in there is there for a reason. And you may not you may not realize at first why that is, but like a comic nerd who will go back and read Hawkeye eleven twelve times, like you 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 will see stuff in there that you can't believe you didn't see before. And isn't it isn't just that it makes you smart; it's just that that it makes you brings you closer to the people in that story because they're figuring all this stuff out too. And now it's like you're kind of on the journey with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Comics are stupid.
1: I know, right? I mean, who would read them?
0: <laughs> they're so comic booky.
1: Mr. Merlin Mann.
0: Mr. I, Michael Hurley. It's
1: been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I
0: hope th- I feel like this is non-canonical, but it was last minute. You know, we didn't have time to prepare any special materials or anything.
1: No, I mean, you know, Matt Alexander, he's launching his official pigeon scarf wear uh, startup <laughs> this week. He's actually doing that. So we're recording on the 4th, and it's, it's happening this week. So keep, out, keep an eye out for, for what Matt's up to. He has been building something truly incredible. Over the last, insanely, just this year, um, he, I was actually with him when he had the idea for this company, or like, well, he'd been thinking about it, but he's we he was in London once and was we were talking about it and he started to to really sort of form the idea. And that was in November of two thousand, no, December of two thousand and twelve, and he is we are now just into November and he's about to to launch it to the world. It is,
0: it is, it is beautiful and dignified and polished and i cannot wait to give him some money for it
1: yep go to needlifestyle.co. Co. i think that's it dot <laughs> yep. needlifestyle.com it will be in the show notes of course which you can find at 5x5.tv slash bionic slash 66 or Com slash 66 if that's that's your bag. Um, either you know, if you're listening today, um, or before before the uh, lid has been lifted, so to speak, just enter your email address and you'll find out when it is. If you're listening after the lid has been lifted, you will see the beautiful website which has been created, and you should still sign up. Put your email address in. Sign up with Need. Um, Matt is an absolute inspiration, and he has done something incredible. I think that um, a lot of our listeners will really dig it. But go, yeah, seriously, congratulations to that guy. It's, yep. it's
0: a—I know we can't be sincere on here, but congratulations. It's a lot of work and it's really beautiful.
1: So follow Matt on Twitter, MattAlexAnd, and M A W T A L E X A N D, and you will—I'm uh, sure he'll be talking about it. I—I I hope he's going to talk about it, because otherwise, it's kind of been a waste of time. Yeah. So uh, he probably will. And uh, Mr. Merley man, you are the—the the host of the—the the pinnacle show the uh the uh, temp pole if you will Ooh. um whatever what things can we say i can't wait to
0: find out what show you're talking about
1: uh which is back to work oh that's right here on the 5x5 network on the yeah. beautiful 5x5 just
0: network. go to 5x5.tv there's so much good stuff to listen to there
1: yep if you want to listen to me i mean i'm on all of the shows so yeah you're uh, you're on
0: penholster.co uh huh
1: <laughs> you're on uh quill number <laughs> <laughs> that's oh.
0: that's your that's your snapchat for pen people <laughs> the quill number <laughs> Q L N B
1: B R. dot l y Quinn Nubberly. Oh, Matt just started another company. <laughs> Quill Nubberly. <laughs> dot l y. Eddie Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie you Poppins. are you are you are hot hot dogs, ladies.
0: No, I'm not. Yes, you I'm are. Not. Don't go there. <laughs> it's bad. Don't go there.
1: I'm I'm I Mike. I M Y K E. You can go there and. uh this show has is, is probably been confidential at best and uh, we'll be back next week. I have to say it now every week. So we'll be back. Matt will be back next week, I hope. Maybe. I don't know. If he's not, then uh, maybe I'll drag Merlin in again because you know, c- can't quit him. But thanks for listening. Bye-bye, dear listeners.
0: see. Confidential. It's constant. Mm, I, I gotta work on it. It's a good start. No, it's not. Um, uh, I, I, I gotta really work on it. You know those James Bond things?
1: Those 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 um
0: those melodies are so weird.
1: Yeah, but beautiful. This is like the traditional bionic after the goodbye part that we're doing right now. This is where the wheels really fall off.
0: I think that's copyrighted James Berry. James Berry, Jim Berry, John Berry. Who's the guy that did Peter Pan? Who am I thinking of? Captain Hook. I really need to put new strings on this. I could do a song from uh, World's End. Yeah? Well, it's happy. Hour again, I think I might be happy If I wasn't out with them But the happy It's a wonderful place to be. Happy that the Are the And is a so sheep I had a cassette Of London Zero Hull 4 The week it came
1: out You
0: probably don't know That song do you? No I do The House Martins. Mm-hmm. It's got the guy From that other band
1: I'm familiar with that song
0: Who but, is that? Is that Fatboy Slim? Who am I thinking of? Isn't that right? Isn't the, uh, the bass player Is the uh, Fatboy Slim guy? Norman Cook. Norman Cook. Huh. Not to be confused with Norman Blake from Teenage Fan Club. Or or Captain Hook. Boy, I'm really out of tune. I think uh, that was really one for the vaults, Mike.